Today is the first day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Ryan. It is awesome to be here with you today as we greet this new month on day 32 of our brand new sparkly shiny year. We have made it. We have navigated through a month together. Well done. We can do this. Like, that's the thing. We've made it through a month. And look at all that has happened in the scriptures in a month. Look at all the different things we've talked about. All of the different things we've been able to consider in our own lives through the scriptures in a month. And uh, we're just getting going. We got 11 more of these in front of us. And that's exciting. And we can gather together each and every day around the global campfire and take another step forward. And so here we are, brand new month. Hang out until the end if you can. I have uh, this brand new resource that we want to announce at the end today in commemoration of this brand new month. Well, for now, let's dive in. And we'll take the next step forward and step into this month together by picking up where we left off, which leads us back into the book of Exodus. The children of Israel have just been delivered from Egypt, and they have navigated their way out of Egypt and moved into and toward the wilderness. And uh, as the Bible told us, 600,000 men, so and their dependents, their households, so a, a moving city, a huge amount of people moving out into the wilderness. And this is where we pick up the story. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 through 15, verse 18. When Pharaoh released the people... God did not lead them by the way to the land of the Philistines, although that was nearby. For God said, Lest the people change their minds and return to Egypt when they experience war. So God brought the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the Israelites went up from the land of Egypt, prepared for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the Israelites solemnly swear, God will surely attend to you, and you will carry my bones up from this place with you. They journeyed from Succoth and camped in Etham on the edge of the desert. Now the Lord was going before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel day or night. He did not remove the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites that they must turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth between Migdal and the sea. You are to camp by the sea before Baal-Ziphon, opposite it. Pharaoh will think regarding the Israelites they are wandering around confused in the land. The desert has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. I will gain honor because of Pharaoh and because of all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So this is what they did. When it was reported to the king of Egypt that the people had fled, the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And the king and his servants said, What in the world have we done? For we have released the people of Israel from serving us. Then he prepared his chariots and took his army with him. He took 600 select chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt and officers on all of them. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he chased after the Israelites. Now the Israelites were going out defiantly. The Egyptians chased after them, and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, 
and his horsemen and his army overtook them camping by the sea, beside Pihahiroth, before Baal Zephon. When Pharaoh got closer, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them, and they were terrified. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the desert? What in the world have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we can serve the Egyptians, because it is better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert? Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord that he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will never, ever see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you can be still. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. And as for you, lift up your staff and extend your hand toward the sea and divide it so that the Israelites may go through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And as for me, I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will come after them, that I may be honored because of Pharaoh and his army and his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I have gained my honor because of Pharaoh his chariots, and his horsemen. The angel of God, who was going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptian camp and the Israelite camp. It was a dark cloud, and it lit up the night, so that one camp did not come near the other the whole night. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sea, and the Lord drove the sea apart by a strong east wind all that night. And he made the sea into dry land, and the water was divided. So the Israelites went through the middle of the sea on dry ground, the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians chased them and followed them into the middle of the sea, all the horses of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. In the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw the Egyptian army into a panic. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving, and the Egyptians said, Let's flee from Israel, for the Lord fights for them against Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand toward the sea, so that the waters may flow back on the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. So Moses extended his hand toward the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state, when the sun began to rise. Now the Egyptians were fleeing before it, but the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The water returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that was coming after the Israelites into the sea. Not so much as one of them survived. But the Israelites walked on dry ground in the middle of the sea, the water forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel on that day from the power of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the shore of the sea. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord had exercised over the Egyptians, they feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord 
is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The chariots of Pharaoh and his army he has thrown into the sea, and his chosen officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the abundance of your majesty, you have overthrown those who rise up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing water stood upright like a heap. And the deep waters were solidified in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will chase, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire will be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. But you blew your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, fearful in praises, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. By your loyal love you will lead the people whom you have redeemed. You will guide them by your strength to your holy dwelling place. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be terrified. Trembling will seize the leaders of Moab, and the inhabitants of Canaan will shake. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as stone until your people pass by, O Lord." until the people whom you have bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place you made for your residence, O Lord, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Matthew 21, 23 through 46. Now, after Jesus entered the temple courts, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Where did John's baptism come from? From heaven or from people? They discussed this among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say from people, we fear the crowd, for they all consider John to be a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. The boy answered, I will not. But later he had a change of heart and went. The father went to the other son and said the same thing. This boy answered, I will, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, tax collectors and prostitutes will go ahead of you into the kingdom of God. For John came to you 
in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe. Although you saw this, you did not later change your minds and believe him. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a fence around it, dug a pit for its wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and went on a journey. When the harvest time was near, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his portion of the crop. But the tenants seized his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will utterly destroy those evil men. Then he will lease the vineyard to other tenants, who will give him his portion at the harvest. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. For this reason I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and the one on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds, because the crowds regarded him as a prophet. Psalm 26 by David Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have integrity and I trust in the Lord without wavering. Examine me, O Lord, and test me. Evaluate my inner thoughts and motives, for I am ever aware of your faithfulness, and your loyalty continually motivates me. I do not associate with deceitful men or consort with those who are dishonest. I hate the mob of evil men and do not associate with the wicked. I maintain a pure lifestyle, so I can appear before your altar, O Lord, to give you thanks and to tell about all your amazing deeds. O Lord, I love the temple where you live, the place where your splendor is revealed. Do not sweep me away with sinners or execute me along with violent people who are always ready to do wrong or offer a bribe. But I have integrity. Rescue me and have mercy on me. I am safe, and among the worshipers, I will praise the Lord. Proverbs 6 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, even seven things that are an abomination to Him haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who spreads discord among family members. Okay, so as we begin this brand new month, we have some pretty monumental things taking place 
in both Old and New Testaments. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel have made their way to the Red Sea and they've camped uh, along the banks. And so there are mountains before them and the sea behind them or vice versa, depending on which way they're standing. They're kind of hemmed in by mountains and and sea. And I'm just thinking about this because, man, we will be leaving for the land of the Bible in just a few days on Sunday, uh, making our way over. And so it's like next week, we'll actually be standing um, by the Red Sea and seeing the mountains hem things in and the banks of the shore kind of seeing this visually and being able to kind of visit this visually. But the children of Israel are camped by the sea and the mountains are hemming them in. And then all of a sudden they hear the rumblings of something coming. And in the distance they can see the dust flying And then they can realize what is coming, and it's the Egyptian army coming against them. They are hemmed in by the ocean and by the mountains, a kind of sitting ducks. And here comes the enemy down upon them, and they're terrified. And if we look into our lives, we can find times that we've had that sensation. Maybe not literally standing by an ocean hemmed in by a mountain and some uh, marauding warriors are coming down against us, but in our lives where it feels like we're hemmed in, there's nowhere to go. And an enemy is descending upon us and there's no way out and we do not have the resources we need to defend ourselves. And it looks pretty clearly like we're going to get destroyed. That's the position that the children of Israel are in as they enter the wilderness. And Moses says to the people, and we should all hear this, we should all hear this and take this to heart and apply this and look back at the times that we've been hemmed in or that we feel that way and remember Moses' words. Do not fear. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord that he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will never ever see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you can be still. Then we turn over into the book of Matthew. Jesus is in Jerusalem. So as we're in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, like there's no Jerusalem yet. There is no nation of Israel. There is no king. There is no kingdom. There's people moving through the Red Sea and being delivered by God as God destroys their enemies. But when we go into Matthew, we're moving well forward in the story. And so Jerusalem is the established holy city, the city of God, the place where God dwells and meets and speaks with man. And so there is a whole order of clergy. There is a whole order of ministry the Levitical ministry. There's a whole group of priests and scholars and rabbis and people who wrestle and debate about what God wants. And they lead the people spiritually. Jesus is in Jerusalem. He won't get out alive. And we see some of his provocation today, some of the things that had them plotting to get him killed. But when we look deeper, we realize some of the same things are still going on. So Jesus is in the temple courts, a very common place for a rabbi to be teaching while in Jerusalem. The chief priests and the elders of the people came to Jesus as he's teaching and interrupted and said, 
who get, who told you you could do this stuff? Right? By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? So there's the shot across the bow. There's the challenge. Who do you think you are? Who, <laughs> did you get a permit from us to go around healing people? Like, who told you you could do this stuff? And Jesus knows exactly what's going on here. And as Jesus is prone to do, he asks a question, and the question reveals the motive behind what's really going on. And so he says, I'll ask you. And he asks them about John the Baptist. Who who gave him his authority? Did, did the, his baptism come from heaven? Or was it invented by mankind? Because their answer to that question is the same answer by which Jesus got his authority. So if they say John was clearly from God and that is where he got his authority, then Jesus can say, I'm working in the same direction. My authority comes from God. But Jesus has asked them the question that reveals what's really going on and they can't answer that. If they say, John was sent from heaven, then Jesus will say, then why were you not on board? Why were you fighting against God? And why are you asking me whose authority I'm doing what I'm doing under? But if they say he was from man, then the people believe that John was a prophet and their hearts have turned toward God. And so, so they're going to be in trouble with the people. And so they can only say that they don't know. And so Jesus is like, fine, I'm not, I mean, I'm not playing this game with you. And he goes on to tell two parables. A man had two sons. And if we remember, as we've gone through these parables, so often they start with a man did this or a, a man went out to do this. And this so often represents God. And that's the case here. A man had two sons. He went to the first son, go work in the vineyard. The boy answered, I'm not going to, I'm not, I won't, I will not. But then later, he changes his mind. He, he has a change of heart. That is repentance. Later, he repented. So the father goes to the first son and says, come work in the vineyard. Come work toward the harvest. Come, the vineyard being the kingdom here. Come work doing the work that we do together. And the boy answered, I will not, but then later repented and obeyed. The father went to the other son and said the same thing. And the boy said, sure, I'll obey you. And then didn't. Which of the two did his father's will? Is the question that Jesus asked. And they said the first. The one who said no, but then repented and obeyed. So they could answer correctly, but they couldn't be self-reflective enough to know that they were doing the latter. They were saying, we will obey the Lord, but they don't. And so then Jesus says, I'm telling you the truth, tax collectors and prostitutes will go ahead of you into the kingdom of God. That's provocative. Like, that was the scum, right? Like, that was the marginalized. That was the people that jokes were made up about and slanderous things were said. And these are the people pushed the margins and dehumanized so that they're a group of people that can be hated as opposed to actual human beings with beating hearts and feelings tax collectors and prostitutes. I think we could ex expand that to any marginalized, persecuted people. They believed, and according to Jesus, would enter the kingdom before the pious, religious, educated leaders. 
because those people were saying the right things but not obeying at all. And then he tells another parable. A landowner planted a vineyard. Again, landowner, God, vineyard, kingdom. He put a fence around it, dug it, like made it nice. Built a watchtower, leased it to tenant farmers. These tenant farmers then in this in this story are the religious leaders. So he he put it in their care and went on a journey and was expecting to reap a harvest. And when harvest time came, he sent servants to collect his portion of the crop and the tenants beat the ones that were sent. Beat one, killed another, stoned another. These are the prophetic voices that God had sent to speak on his behalf and they were beaten and killed and thrown out. Then he sent other servants, so more prophetic voices, more than the first, and they treated them the same way. Finally, he sent his son, right? The son of man, Jesus here. Finally, he sent his son saying, they'll respect my son. I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send my son down to my people, the people of covenant, to the religious leaders to turn their hearts so that they can turn the people's hearts toward God. I'm going to go. They have not respected generationally the prophetic voices that I have sent. I will send my own son. He will go. Surely they will respect him. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Let's kill him and get his inheritance. In other words, let's take what does not belong to us and let's take it over. And what Jesus is talking about is God's kingdom. And so it's very provocative that what he is saying to them is God has come to you so many times in so many ways and he is here before you right now and you're giving lip service. You're saying the right things, but it's not true. And you are leading people into deception. You are the blind leading the blind. And Jesus is revealing just how blind they were. Because this is not getting through to them. Their response to this is to make plans to kill Jesus. And so... Jesus says, as we closed our reading today, for this reason, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. And quoting from the gospel of Matthew, when the chief priests, right? So the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables they realized that he was speaking about them. They did not, they did not repent. Like, they did not open their eyes to see. Instead, and I quote from the Gospel of Matthew, they wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds because the crowds regarded him as a prophet. And so we see that Jesus is in a pretty sticky, prickly situation. We probably all know how this story goes. So we know that, that Jesus ends up on a cross from this point. And so the people that he, is, that he is calling out and calling up aren't listening. And they're going to do away with him exactly as his parables are describing. It's kind of prickly because... Anyone who has any sort of spiritual authority needs to be paying really close attention to what's going on here. Because what's going on here is that people who are devoted to God and the ways of God and are teaching and leading people in the ways of God have gotten 
things so twisted and upside down over time and through tradition and because of the situation that they find themselves in trying to protect themselves as a people under Roman authority that they are completely blinded to what God is actually doing. I mean, we're going to be witnessing a story here that is so twisted that the people of God kill God who has come to rescue them because they believe it has to happen a certain way because they're expecting a certain thing because they're expecting a messiah a military figure somebody who can lead them into war against their enemies they miss the fact that their rescuer came for them and they did away with him we have to be sensitive about our labeling system the way that we label people groups marginalize people and dehumanize them into ways that that make them easy to to be against when Jesus came to rescue them and anyone who believes like man it's so provocative Jesus is telling these people that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom before you and the kingdom will be taken away from you that's provocative stuff that still has application and so may we examine ourselves especially those of us who are leaders may we examine ourselves and be convicted as these parables are supposed to do like this is what's supposed to happen is that we are shaken and we consider and we wrestle so that we can expose what's really going on in our motives so that what is broken can be put back together so that what is within us is the same as what we are presenting so that we are true as so holy spirit we invite you into that some days you come to us with such comfort and just such words that we need to lift us up and then some days you come to us with things that we really need to consider because you are calling us up and forward and we need to mature we need to grow up we need to be capable sons and daughters of your kingdom fully loyal fully committed fully surrendered come jesus we pray in your mighty name we ask amen okay so i mentioned at the beginning we had a new resource to announce today on this first day of the second month of the year and we do we've been shopping around for a while looking for much much better hats than we've had in the past for Daily Audio Bible, and we've had them over the years. But we've been just searching for quality, things that will last, things that will look good and can continue to be used five, ten years from now. So Christian went on a search and found us what we were looking for. And so in the Daily Audio Bible shop, we now have brand new snapback hats like the ball cap style of hats as well as uh, daily audio bible beanies as we're moving through the winter time and like to put those on our heads and keep our ears warm in the winter and so what he found was a leather working company that uh, works with harrowing leather that gets sourced in from illinois and then it's fashioned in wyoming and everything is made in the united states and so these uh, leather discs are then hand-stamped with our logo and affixed. The leather is affixed to the cap, and it looks great. It looks super classy. And so with the ball, ball cap, there's the round logo on the front. With the, the beanie, it's a little patch right on the very, very edge with the Daily Audio Bible logo stamped into the leather and then applied to the garments and then sent to us from our friends at Range Leather in Wyoming. 
to you all over the world. So we have selected two ball caps and two beanies, all black and gray and white. And you can see them in the Daily Audio Bible shop. Let's go into the lifestyle section and you will find them. They're brand new. By far the best uh, hat that we've had. We have them in limited quantities right now just to kind of try them. Although we're pretty excited about them. They look great. They are now available in the Daily Audio Bible Shop while the supplies last. And so jump over to the shop, jump over into the lifestyle section and get yourself a little, little tiny piece of, of the story, the ongoing story of the Daily Audio Bible step-by-step, day-by-day. But our brand new snapback hats and beanies are available right now. So check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, humbly, thank you. We wouldn't be here if we weren't a community. If we didn't show up around the global campfire every day, if we weren't in this together, we wouldn't be here at all. And so thank you humbly for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Where the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Good morning, Dabbers. This is Jerry from Wyoming. It's 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning. I don't know if it's the 27th or 28th. I'm not sure. But uh, I just wake up and want to run to listen to my Dabbers and listen to what the Bible has to say for today. And I just praise God for that. Um, I'm in the midst of a major snowstorm. And I've got these two cats and a dog who just cuddle up next to me when I'm ready to listen to a daily audio Bible. And I just want to praise God for all you out there and pray for all you out there, all your needs and wants and desires. and, And I ask blessings and healing and comfort to all of you out there. I ask that the Lord just shines upon us all. And uh, my heart is so warm to be able to, even though I'm here by myself with my two dogs, or my two cats and one dog, and um, sitting here with my cup of coffee in kind of my loneliness, but it's okay. (laughs) I've got y'all out there and that makes me happy. And, Thank God for y'all, and I pray for you all, and I'm thankful for you all, and that I have this place to go and sit here in my comfort, though it's crazy snowy. I love it. I love it, the comfort of it all. Love you guys. Hello, my wonderful DAB family. This is Rosie, a.k.a. Great to be free in Jesus. I'm calling in with a prayer request for my granddaughter, Anissa. I've told you about her before. She was married, and as soon as she had their first child, her husband decided that he no longer wanted to be in the relationship with her. So he left, and then he came back, and they reconciled. And now she's got a daughter, and Damari is two and a half, and he's been diagnosed with autism. And Milani is a year and a half, 
and she's doing well. My granddaughter is doing all this by herself, and she's really exhausted, and I want to help her, but I'm not physically able to, and it just breaks my heart that I can't help her. Um, please pray for her that God will send her the help that she needs and that God will heal Damari of this autism. And um, I love you, my wonderful DAB family. God bless you. Morning, Dabas. This is God's Chosen from Georgia. And I just want to say a short prayer over all of us. Dear Jesus, we come before you this morning to thank you for the work you are doing in each of our lives. We are grateful for every new opportunity that this day brings our way. We thank you for your grace that is so amazing. As we grow stronger, may our faith in you continue to grow deeper so that we will continue to remain thankful. We know that the plans you have for our lives will slowly unfold with each new day. We'll be patient as change comes because we know that you are in absolute control. Help us, Lord, to help others today. We pray for all those who are hurting in our community. We pray, Lord Jesus, that as they continue to live in their misery, you will continue to help and strengthen them. We pray for those whose lives have been impacted by the disastrous thought of addiction. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all the families that are torn apart, especially for the children left behind to wander and grieve. God, we pray that you will give them peace and you will guide them gently through the next hour. We pray, Lord Jesus, and thank you for giving us roof over our head and giving us a bed that we can sleep in, for putting shoes on our feet. Forgive us when we ever start to complain and forget about all the great blessings that you have given to us. We pray for all those who are sick in our community, all with diagnosis, different situations, life-changing situations. We pray for your peace and invite you, Jesus, to come and be our comforter. Thank you for all you do. We love you and we appreciate you. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Laquita from Vanita. I just wanted to say thank you, Brian, for what you were talking about on January the 27th, about how Moses didn't want to go to Egypt because he knew it was going to be a hard task. And my mom died of COVID last year, and I'm having to take care of my dad, which is 89 years old, and he has a lot of problems, and I can don't complain, but every day I think, oh, I've got to go over there and take care of him, and it's going to take all my day, and I could be doing all these wonderful, great things for the world, and wine, 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 and why me? And I realized today that when we look at ministry, sometimes we look at ministry in the church, helping the people on the street ministering to the hungry and doing all those things. And in taking care of my dad, that's what I'm doing. I'm ministering to someone who is alone, who needs meals taken care of him, who needs his companionship. And I just want to repent of my hardness that I have and thank the Lord that I have a dad that I can touch and minister to. Thank you, Brian. I needed so badly to hear that. This is Stephanie from North Carolina. I was originally from Maryland, and I went on the pilgrimage with Brian some years ago. And I like to pray for each of you on the pilgrimage to the Holy Land will abide under the shadow of the Almighty May he cover you and your household under the shadow of his wings. May your flights to Israel and back home will be smooth and safe, including all your luggage will arrive. May your bodies adjust well to the time zone difference. As you walk where Jesus brought the gospel, I pray you will have a deep revelation and understanding of the love of the Most High God. 
May the Lord Most High be with you at every stop. I pray for strength and wisdom for Brian and his team. Empower them with discernment in Jesus' name. Have a marvelous pilgrimage to the Holy Land.